Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the president of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, welcome back, Bill. Yeah, it's good to be back post-Thanksgiving. This isn't a video, the only audio right now, but I'm not on a treadmill trying to work off my Thanksgiving <laughs> overindulgences, but as much as I might want to be, but I'm not. I'm here back here at work, so it's pretty oh, yeah. to again. Well, that's part of it, overindulging. Yeah, we had a great Thanksgiving, and hopefully you did as well. I uh, actually hear that you made your own turkey. Yes, I did. We, I, I was in charge of the turkey and my wife made the stuffing. We made them for our in-laws. And so I also took time to reflect. I think it's really important, the genesis of Thanksgiving. Interestingly, it was declared a national holiday in October of 1863, I believe, by Lincoln. And it was after the Battle of Vicksburg, which was a battle of attrition, like many of the Civil War battles. And there had been a movement to make it a national holiday because it really was only celebrated in the Northeast. And his speech was just so, you know, needing to heal the nation needing to focus on what we need to be thankful for. It was very timely. So I actually tweeted about that. It just very much resonated with me and where we are today. It's an important holiday for a lot of different reasons, but hopefully so people got a chance to rest and relax and enjoy some whatever festivities they had on that day to be thankful. Well, that is indeed a great message today as far as just reflecting and also, you know, what we need to do to come together as a nation and heal. And of course, we have the COVID pandemic that continues. I'd love to talk about food, but I'll get hungry. So maybe we should talk about uh, <laughs> that COVID pandemic. And, uh, yeah. you know, um, we just got some nice news from Mayo Clinic that they completed a study that really confirms the critical role of masks and mask wearing. Of course, you and I have been talking about masks for a really long time. But you know, I thought it'd be good to maybe even start just talking about why would you even need to do this type of study? And I think it yeah. kind of feeds into like some of the misinformation that's out there. What do you think, Bill? Well, yeah, absolutely. And you know, and it I suppose not surprising, just what not expected, but what did no one expected to be here in the end of November, early December in twenty twenty. The masking and the use of masks is still a big part of the of the public discourse on COVID and our response. Mm-hmm. And we've been dealing with it now at Mayo since March, April about masking. And I think it's important to recognize that even for our own employees, it's been a tough issue, right? Uh, I think a lot of people have seen in the news about if you have to wear the really protective high filtration gear, it is very fatiguing. And we've heard that, you know, like in our operating rooms and in areas that there's chance of creating aerosols or droplets, high-risk procedures, they have to wear the N95 or equivalent masks and headgear and eye shields. And in an operating room or in an interventional radiology suite or something where it's very active, that is actually very fatiguing for people where they've actually had to have shifts and other things. And then just even seeing patients, there's all the nonverbal communication that happens with patients, particularly when you're delivering serious news. And many of the patients that are coming now are those who are quite sick because those are the ones that need to come to our facility even in the setting of the pandemic. 
difficulty in understanding what the physician is saying, difficulty in hearing the patient. So there's just all kinds of things that masks are not in real convenient. And so I think there was even a desire in our own practice, in fact, I know it, to say, how much do we need? You know, how effective are these things? Dr. Matt Kallstrom, who's the, the chair of our Department of Radiology, worked with our engineers, one of whom who came, I think, had, was set to retire and actually delayed his retirement to do this study to really look scientifically for our own institution about what masks can and can't do in terms of the stopping the potential spread of COVID. So that study's completed. I think there's going to be a link posted at the bottom of the podcast so people can see that. It's a really important work for our own practice, and I think also for the healthcare community as well as just the community writ large. Yeah, I would agree, Bill. You know, early on, we weren't really sure with the pandemic. Of course, we've been learning all along and people weren't sure what role masks would play. But then we started getting evidence showing that when people wearing masks, were wearing masks, they weren't exposing others. You know, you and I have talked about that hairdresser study now that we referenced a few times where the hairdressers were sick but had masks and their clients had masks and they didn't get sick. But those were more just, you know, case studies, reports. So it's nice to actually see now the good hard data coming out to really support that wearing masks really works and it's a really important part of our strategy especially because you're right they're kind of inconvenient I don't know I kind of like wearing them in the winter because it actually keeps my face a little warmer but there's a lot of downsides to them too and so I think people really want to hear is it really worth wearing this mask and I think it's clear now the answer is yes it really is yeah, and just so people know, in case they don't have time to, to look at the study, it was really well done. It was quite ingenious. So what they did, they actually took a mannequin. They hooked the mannequin up to a machine that will, will allow it to – it had an open mouth and will allow it to, to breathe out, if you will, a mist that could mimic the spread of a mist from someone's mouth when they're talking or when they're coughing or when they're speaking loudly. And they could actually measure that with really advanced video equipment and also physical equipment to see how far things spread. The thing that was interesting, too, is they took into account not just droplets, because one of the things that's been bouncing back and forth is, is it droplet spread, which are slightly larger than aerosolized spread, which is a real mist, right? And so they were able to look at both, actually, and how masks help with both. And they did a couple of things that were, they were really creative. Not only did they measure the video, they actually then put a mannequin in front of the mannequin that was breathing out with an open mouth, and they could actually measure the spread of particles or droplets to the other mannequin's mouth. So to really try and mimic as much as possible what might happen in real life. And so they were able to show essentially that the distancing doesn't matter. Three feet's mm-hmm. not very helpful, but six feet is. Masking really matters, and it really matters for the mannequin that was breathing out. That even aerosolized spread was essentially stopped by just a routine surgical mask, so not a high filtration mask. The same thing that studies have shown cloth masks do just as well. So, and I think they even looked at cloth masks actually, and they showed that they did just as well. As yeah, they did. Now. So, a they layered looked at cloth. cloth mask. Yes, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. They looked at both, and they both worked re- well. They were somewhat protective for the mannequin. Like, so if you put it over the mannequin with the open mouth that was the recipient, it did help prevent it. I think it cut it significantly, but when it put it on the mannequin that was breathing out, it dropped to zero, essentially. So, I mean, it really reinforces that, you know, it seems common sense, but we need to know it and that it really does stop that spread. And they also even looked at physical barriers. Interestingly, they had them sitting across cardboard the mannequins they didn't have to actually see each other but the mimic <laughs> and they showed that that was effective as well mm-hmm. so yeah it, it, i think it's really important as a healthcare professional when you ask someone to do something 
you want to know that it's going to work. We don't want to ask people to do stuff, just to ask them to do it. So, um, so yeah, I, I agree. It, it's, it's, it was very gratifying to see. Yeah, and I think it just really reinforces that we have a number of tools and they're all important. The physical distancing, like you said, the three feet might do something, but really it's the six feet apart that's going to provide maximum benefit, that the masks provide benefit. You and I as pathologists and laboratorians, we talk about testing. That's another tool in our toolbox, again, for COVID prevention and control. But, you know, none of these, I think, in and of themselves are going to be the be-all, end-all. And unfortunately, we can't test our way out of the pandemic like some people have wanted to. I think doing all these things together is important. So I agree. It was very gratifying to see this study just really emphasize that. Yeah. And I think another interesting thing is they even looked at different head angles on the mannequin. And they, again, not surprising, but turning it 45 degree angle made a big difference in terms of the recipient mannequin getting droplets. I think what it really reinforces, Bobby, too, is just the need for us to be mindful, right? I think that that's the big thing is that we, we know that these things spread the virus and we know that people without symptoms are the ones that are particularly prone to spreading it, right, before they get sick. So it means we just have to be mindful about the fact that we could be spreading the virus. And look, we have lots of tools available, to your point, testing. We can do more now for treatment. But the reality is that all those things are in limited supply. And so the more we can do to prevent people from needing those, the better we're able to help people that actually get sick. I was talking to a nurse, nurse in northern Minnesota who actually had just transferred to this small hospital in northern Minnesota, um, but had worked at an intensive care unit in the Twin Cities. And she was talking about how the fact that at their hospital, they had no, they have no ventilatory support. They don't have ventil they don't have ventilators. They don't even have high pressure breathing assistance. And they had patients coming in with COVID. And when they came in, there were no open be- ICU beds in the state to transfer that patient to. That's really what we're trying to prevent. As much as the people sometimes don't like hearing about having to wear a mask, it's a lot easier for us to ask people to wear a mask and think about when they go out that they might be spreading the virus than to sit there and have to tell a family member of a loved one that your mother, father, loved one needs more care that we can't provide here. And unfortunately, it's not available in the state because there's so many people who are sick. That's where we are. Luckily, it looks like the numbers are headed the right direction, which is great. But that's why we need everyone to be mindful because we're all part of this together. Very well said, Bill. Well, as always, it's always a pleasure talking with you and an important topic to discuss today. Yeah, there are many bright lights on the horizon here with COVID. It's a tough time. We're getting tired of this. It's the holidays, but just staying mindful, stay safe, think about others as well as yourself, and also make sure to continue to connect with people, whether it's by Zoom or whatever else, Mm because the holidays are are a time we want to do that, and it's a tough time for people. So look out for our, our mental and emotional health as well, but stay safe. Yeah, stay safe and stay connected. Yep. Hey, we stay connected too every week. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.